Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are going to be tackling a rather advanced topic in the landscape of fertility. And the reason why we're doing this is just because I think these topics come up and I want everyone, even if it's a more obscure topic, I want everybody to kind of get the lay of the land so that they know what to ask their doctor. They understand what's being said in chat rooms. They can understand a little bit more if this will apply to them or not. Uh, So it's just, you know, it's more of my sort of ethos is just like get the education, get super savvy, know your options. And so the topic of today is genetic blood clotting disorders, also known as thrombophilias, as they relate to miscarriages and fertility. We know that uh, fertility issues and miscarriage can have many causal factors, uh, such as chromosomal abnormalities, thyroid irregularities and other hormonal issues, structural issues and toxins, all sorts of things. Um, but we can also have genes that are playing a role. So these inherited thrombophilias, aka genetically caused blood clotting disorders, can be cause of miscarriage and unexplained infertility, can they? Well, that's the debate really that's happening. And this is why it's a bit more of an obscure topic is because it's kind of the jury's out on how much of a role they really play. Some doctors say, yes, they play a role. I'm going to give you a blood thinner. Other doctors are like, no, they don't at all. You don't need that. That's actually not good for you. So it's really hard when you're, you know, struggling with fertility, you're trying to get answers and you're not really sure if your doctor's telling you the whole picture. And I think that a lot of time they're, they're telling their whole picture. It's not like they're like trying to necessarily withhold information. They're just giving you the information that they, you know, sort of believe in and that they think, you should have to best attack your fertility journey or what have you. Maybe attack's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, let's jump into this so you can get the lay of the land of what these um, inherited thrombophilias are, whether you may want to have them checked out. And, you know, obviously, since I have more of a natural medicine approach to things, the things that you can do with your lifestyle to to mitigate against any Uh, possible effects that they might have. These inherited thrombophilias are usually more talked about in relation to pregnancy loss, uh, but they can be factors involved in implantation failure too, because you're thinking about like blood flow, right? So, you know, it's like blood clotting disorders would make your blood more thick. So, and, and potentially deprive a pregnancy from having the resources that it needs. Let's first look at, you know, what exactly this is. It can be an immune disorder like antiphospholipid syndrome, um, or maybe it's a hormone imbalance that's leading to more blood clotting. And we know the birth control pill can lead to more blood clotting and probably in people with inherited thrombophilias, to be honest. So if you have the genetic predisposition and then you add birth control on top of it, or you add a bunch of medications on top of it that make your blood thicker or just a bad diet, for example, you're going to be more prone to having issues with this. Also age, uh, our, our blood tends to just thicken as we age. Um, it's just something that happens. And so, you know, one of the things we work on with nutrition and acupuncture, what have you is like thinning the blood, reducing inflammation, 
but I'm not going to jump quite to solutions yet. We will get to that later. Genetic predisposition or no, a thrombophilia can form blood clots. And, and that's not just implicated in fertility stuff. It's implicated in stroke and heart attack and other cardiovascular issues, as you can imagine. So it is somewhat out of our control being a genetic uh, mutation at all, but there is stuff we can do about it. Um, So let's first look at the three main types that that they'd be looking at, and then I'll give you some recommendations about what you could do to manage it. So factor five Leiden uh, is a blood mutation, blood clotting disorder caused by an increase in the blood's factor five protein. Uh, it occurs, the, the, the increased chance in blood clots occurs in about 10% of individuals. And the condition can be life-threatening, but, you know, more so it's an issue for for pregnant women or women looking to conceive who carry this mutation. Uh, It can increase chance, it can potentially, we'll say potentially, increase chance of miscarriage or second and third trimester uh, pregnancy loss up to threefold. Uh, And I know this sounds scary. So this is something I know that after this, you might be like, okay, let's test for this. Um, But I've also seen tons of patients who have it, who have, have had no issues with conception or with their pregnancy or delivery or anything thereafter. Um, so it can also like be an issue for women who are taking estrogen and any of you going through ART, assisted reproductive technology treatments, you know that there's a often a heck of a lot of estrogen involved. So the estrogen can lead to um, more clotting. While the association has not been confirmed, some research suggests that factor V light mutation increases pregnancy complications, such as preeclampsia, which would kind of make sense. It's a cardiovascular disorder. It's a high blood pressure um, as low as well as slow fetal growth and placental abruption also can be related to the blood flow. On the other hand, most women with factor V Leiden have perfectly standard routine pregnancy experience and they never have any symptoms develop. That said, you know, sometimes it's worth to know if it's there just to see if maybe there would be a little bit more motivation to reel it in with some of the lifestyle uh, stuff like your nutrition and, and maybe incorporate certain supplements and what have you. Another one, prothrombin G2021 OA, an essential protein that helps clot our blood. Our bodies need it to stop bleeding from cuts, scrapes, etc. So that makes sense. We we definitely, if we don't have this clotting factor, then we are going to keep bleeding. And that is pretty scary. So the mutation in the prothrombin protein can lead to excess production. So, you know, then you're over clotting. We're looking again at the blood thickening and you're not getting the resources you need to certain body parts. And also it can break off and travel. Like a clot can break off and travel through arteries into the lungs, heart or brain. Um, therein, you know, things like stroke and pulmonary embolus occur. During and after pregnancy, Women are already at higher risk for blood clots. However, when you throw prothrombin mutation into the mix, it adds an even higher risk. Not only can a blood clot travel within themselves, but also toward the developing fetus, which can cause a miscarriage, stillbirth, or other dangerous pregnancy complications, such as placental abruption, or potentially, you know, this could be looked at in people with recurrent pregnancy loss, RPL. We've already talked about the preeclampsia. And I know that some of the things that I just mentioned are pretty scary things. So again, I will reiterate that any of the ones I'm discussing in this podcast, most people don't have issues with them. But if you are having issues with pregnancy, maintaining a pregnancy, getting pregnant, it might be worth looking at. And it's not necessarily that you have to take a bunch of blood thinners, which is the conventional course of action. Um, It might actually just be 
that you need to change some lifestyle stuff so that you have better blood flow in your body and potentially bring in some natural medicine. So it doesn't have to be breaking out the big guns. I'm not alluding to that with this podcast. Uh, I just want you to be informed about uh, about what these things are, how serious you need to take them, and what are some um, DIY things you can do for yourself. A more well-known mutation, I actually get calls from around the world about this one um, to book a consultation to talk about what you can do about it, is the MTHFR um, gene mutation. It's a recessive gene um, that may play a role in infertility and miscarriages. Um, more specifically, the C77T variant can lead to an increase in homocysteine and a, a decrease in your ability to process and utilize folate or folic acid. And I myself have uh, two copies of this gene, and I imagine it's been implicated in some of the hormonal and fertility stuff that I've been through myself, um, though I know very well how to manage it. I also just notice when I have elevated homocysteine levels, it's very unpleasant. Actually, we become quite puffy, grouchy. Um, so it's not just in relation to fertility that we notice that this, um, the MTHFR gene mutation actually hampers our ability to detoxify our bodies. Well, so if you have this gene mutation, you might be somebody that has to think about a cleaner diet overall. We will get right back to today's episode in just a sec but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to tell you about an exciting new project that I have underway. So here it is. I get a lot of questions about what to eat and avoid when trying to get pregnant. Since so many of you are interested in optimizing your fertility via nutrition, I've created a very special course that teaches you the ins and outs of just that. It hasn't launched yet, but keep your eyes and ears peeled from my course on fertility nutrition. Whether you are already undergoing IVF or just trying the old fashioned way, my goal is to help give you all the nutritional tools you need to enhance your fertility and speed your path to baby. All right, let's jump back in. I'll probably do an individual session on this one so that you get the lay of the land, but uh, know that the homocysteine uh, can not be effectively converted into methionine, which ultimately can lead to your increased risk that we talked about and also things like preeclampsia. Uh, also, the homocysteine level is highly inflammatory um, and inflammation is the thing that is going to lead to the blood thickening. So if you test positive for MTHFR, which you know, you can find out easily through a blood test. You can find out any of these easy, easily through a blood test. Then I really suggest incorporating lifestyle changes uh, in terms of our exercise, our diet, certain supplements. Now, everybody's solution for MTHFR is to take methylated folic acid, so methylfolate. That is actually not really the only thing that should be done. And and honestly, some of you might be taking too much methylfolate that can make you overmethylate and become actually fairly anxious and just have your body kind of detoxifying too quickly. And that could be actually quite stressful on your system. So as always, I'm not a huge fan of self-prescribing. I think we need to have the whole picture. But um, as a general rule, as I mentioned earlier, uh, because it hampers detoxification abilities, um, having this gene mutation, you want to stay well hydrated. Um, really be careful about your booze consumption, your gut health. Make sure you're eliminating your exposure to toxins. And honestly, this is the case with the other thrombolytic factors, because if we're living a more anti-inflammatory lifestyle, our blood doesn't tend to thicken in the same way. Like if you think about it, like a lot of the people that you see with um, heart problems, stroke, metabolic issues generally will have a little extra weight on them, especially around their viscera. So the abdomen, 
you know, uh, you'll see inflammation sometimes um, in their face in some redness or some puffiness in the upper body and trouble with the metabolism. So, so you can kind of spot the, where the inflammation is manifesting and, you know, the more weight we have on us, sometimes the more inflamed we can be, although that's not always the case, um, because it really just depends on our body type and the amount of weight we're accumulating estrogen. As I mentioned before, uh, we have to metabolize our estrogen properly to be able to, um, make sure that we're not getting as thick of blood and that we're not building junk in our body as much. So the way that we eliminate estrogens is through keeping our liver and guts as healthy as possible. So in some cases, it's probiotics. Most cases, it's a really very focused, not completely plant-based diet, but plant, let's say plant-focused diet where you're eating tons of vegetables, especially cooked vegetables and lots of leafy greens to help the body detoxify estrogens. And also these veggies are alkaline. Uh, so I'm going to do another episode on uh, acid alkaline, acid alkalinity and how we need to lean more into alkalinity. And that's more of a plant-based diet. Again, I'm not an advocate for 100% plant-based diet necessarily, but um, because I think there's a lot of good stuff in animal proteins um, and some animal products like bone broth, for example. But I I do think that a predominantly plant-based diet will lead to lower acid levels and therefore less inflammation in our body and, and, and having a good gut bacteria balance. So avoid too much sugar or starches because the more gut bacteria is out of whack, the more inflammation we're going to have. I did an entire other podcast on inflammation um, that you could listen into in terms of, you know, what foods to eat and avoid to, to best reduce the inflammation in your body. Because my opinion around, you know, these blood clotting factors is inflammation is a major player. Acupuncture is insanely helpful for smoothing the blood flow, reduces inflammation in the body, increases blood flow. Um, I have found anecdotally, and clearly I'm going to have a bias, but my patients who have had trouble conceiving or maintaining a pregnancy, uh, if they've had inherited thrombophilia is when they've done acupuncture regularly leading up to and during the pregnancy, there haven't been any issues. But at the same time, I've also been changing their diet, maybe putting them on a few supplements. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids are a great blood thinner, and they also reduce inflammation, not a surprise, right? Same with vitamin E. And so these are two of the ones that I would often prescribe in this scenario. But then, you know, for somebody who has a tendency to higher homocysteine levels, like if you have PCOS or the MTHFR gene mutation, then maybe NAC is something that would be a good supplement. So again, it is an individual kind of thing, but I'm trying to give you, you know, some sound bites. So you get an idea of, of what kind of things that you could be looking at. So acupuncture, reducing inflammation in your diet, making sure your gut bacteria is as balanced as possible and, you know, not for nothing stress. Uh, if we're, if we go back to the MTHFR gene mutation, uh, homocysteine levels are elevated by stress hormones. And so if you can try to keep your stress somewhat in balance, then it's going to be helpful for these conditions. Um, also the, you know, your, our circulation becomes chaotic with more stress in our body. So it can thicken our blood. It can make our circulation more chaotic and it throws off the, horm the hormones. We know that stress is not good for our fertility, though. I don't like to focus on it too, too much because I feel like focusing on stress makes us more stressed out. And I, I would rather move on, you know, steps moving forward. 
So again, reducing inflammation in the diet, eating more alkaline foods, maybe trying out some acupuncture. Sometimes some supplements could be indicated. You know, just keeping in mind that these inherited thrombophilias are not necessarily, and I didn't go over, by the way, all of them. These are just, um, you know, three of the main ones that come up. But, you know, this is just so that you have some information should these discussions come up and you wondering, you know, should you be tested for this? Is this maybe causing you to not get pregnant? Maybe. Um, there's also a good chance that it's not, but knowing that you have them could also tune you into the fact like, okay, so maybe because I have these, maybe I need to be focusing a little bit on a more anti-inflammatory lifestyle. So anyway, hope this was helpful. And uh, we're going to do more of these micro episodes on um, specific topics to, again, get you savvy on the fly. I want you to have all the information you can to get where you want to be. Okay. Until next time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.